booty play lovers welcome to the plug here on the plug podcast we are all about taking anal sex conversations even deeper so from beginner butt stuff all the way up to advanced anal adventures the plug really is focusing on more pleasure and less shame for all bodies so i'm your host luna matadas i'm a sex and pleasure educator who's super eager to answer all of your anal sex questions and bring you special guest experts who are going to help us expand our ass play knowledge. So the plug is made possible by the incredible B-Vibe. B-Vibe is an award-winning sex toy company who's busy innovating anal pleasure with booty-safe toys, body-safe toys, and high-end designs that are focused on exceptional booty experiences. So they are all about pleasure, and that's what we're all about. I am really excited to welcome you to episode four of the plug. We are exploring the big O in your big A. So analgasms, we're talking about anal orgasms. Are they real? How do you have them? What do they feel like? Is it a spot? We are getting into it with our guest today, all of it. So I'm having a huge fangirl moment today with my guest on The Plug. Carlisle Jansen is a sex therapist and the founder of Good For Her, a sexuality store workshop center in Toronto and a place where I have taught at many times where I started lots of my education. And she has been leading sexuality workshops, helping individuals discover their authentic pleasure and supporting couples in deepening their relationships since 1995. She has written two books, including Sex Yourself and Anal Sex Basics, as well as numerous articles, made multiple media experience appearances and has a TEDx talk. So you can connect with Carlisle through carlislejansen.com or goodforher.com. And we're going to put all of those in the show notes for you so you can find Carlisle. Carlisle, welcome to the plug. How are you? Hi, I'm great. This is so exciting, Luna. So good to be with you on the show. I am so excited too. So I'm glad that you're pumped to be here. I I refer to this as a, a fangirl moment because I was, I think I you were probably the first person I ever took a sexuality workshop from. And I was living in the suburbs and I took like three different kinds of transit to get downtown to figure <laughs> out. I was like, I don't know what a G-spot is, but you know what? I'm going to take two hours to get there and find out. And I was so excited by the way that you presented in information and I had never come across anything really other than porn and maybe some articles in Cosmo about sex and sexuality. So I would love to hear how you got into working in the sexuality field and owning good for her and what's that all about? You know, a lot of people assume that I'm somebody who was always comfortable with sex, but that's far from the truth. And I grew up very uncomfortable about it. We didn't talk about it at home. I didn't really feel like I knew what I what it was about. And so I kind of stuck to sports and avoided it for most of my teen years. And then when I was 21, I realized that I couldn't really avoid it for the rest of my life. So I was dating somebody comfortable and I took the plunge. And he asked me while we were having sex, like, you know, what do you like? And I said to him, like, aren't you supposed to know that? And he suggested that maybe I should learn something about my own pleasure. And on top of that, I wasn't able to orgasm. So I sort of realized, okay, this is something that I need to learn about. And so in my late 20s, I discovered orgasms. 
And I was at my sister's bridal shower and I gave her some sex toys thinking that's what you did at bridal showers. And all of her friends, of course, brought salad bowls and wine glasses. <laughs> so they asked me these questions about the gifts that I had brought. And I, I just answered them and they said, wow, you're so comfortable talking about sex. You should teach workshops. So this was 1995. Um, in the last century. And this was before the age of the internet. And so I started teaching workshops and people said, we want a comfortable place where we can purchase products and we want more workshops. So that was when I decided to open Good For Her. And education sort of has always remained my passion and a big part of what we do. Mm, that's so cool that it was the way that you were talking about sex and sexuality at that bridal shower that really allured people to, to feel more comfortable asking questions about it. And I, I love the, the vibe that you've created at, at Good For Her. And can you tell us a bit more about sort of what the values are of Good For Her and how you've made it inclusive or how you've kind of grown that ability that you first showed at the shower to provide these safe and accessible spaces to learn about and to shop for sex stuff? So um, a few different things. So one is that we, you know, have a, we value education in all its forms. So whether you know, somebody wants to come in and ask about how do you do butt sex? We give them some some tips and that's all that they're interested in the moment or they want to buy a book or they want to attend the workshop. We're happy to provide that kind of information. And, you know, our philosophy is that we have some knowledge about things. So we'll give you some information so that you can make hopefully informed decisions based on what you know about yourself, what your preferences are, what you think you might like and and just try and expand people's repertoires so we try and be really inclusive in terms of the kinds of products that we have that fit different kinds of bodies in terms of shape and size and color and sex and gender and we try to cater to a wide variety of sexual experiences because we all like different kinds of things and we have women and trans only hours. So right now we're in a pandemic, but when we're normally open, we have women and trans only hours on Sundays for a couple of hours for people who feel more comfortable in a gender safe space. And that is important for some people, but not for everybody. So that's another way that we do things a little bit differently than most other places. And I, I specifically wanted to locate our shop not on a main street so it's not super hard to get to you you know you can access it pretty easily by subway and public transit but not everybody feels comfortable walking into a sex shop so our storefront looks like a house we usually again we used to greet with greet you with tea and water because recognizing that for some people it's really hard to even just walk through the door and then we try and create a comfortable atmosphere recognizing that for some people it's a lot of effort just even to walk through the door Mm, yeah, I think I think the sensitivity and the thoughtfulness around the experience also just gives people more opportunity to ask the questions that they want to touch the things that they want to touch and not just to like rush in grab a condom and a bullet vibe and then head out the door. Mm -hmm. And I remember I mean, the first sex shop I ever went into, I think actually was when I was living in Amsterdam. And 
I was terrified. There was like mm-hmm. some like creepy looking dude behind the counter. And I was just like, I, I just wanted to get something to get off with. And I ended up buying this sort of bullet looking vibe thing that needed batteries and had some woman with like her legs spread on, on the cover. <laughs> and I was like, cool, she's using this. Maybe I should use this. And, right. <laughs> and it, it was a it was a very intimidating experience. I felt very objectified and, and sexualized, even just walking in mm-hmm. there because mm-hmm. that's what the the presentation of mm-hmm. uh, women and people with vulvas was in that in that shop and so mm-hmm. all the toys for were for mostly designed for people with vulvas but the the way that they were presented was definitely not the way that that I saw my sexuality or mm-hmm. or maybe I didn't even really have an idea about it and so for for people who are in thinking about shopping at feminist and and sex positive sex shops i mean how how can we continue to show the value like are there there are ways that you merchandise or the ways that you bring things in the shop that make it more comfortable for people to to shop or the selection of toys so I mean, one of the things that we do is a a lot of all of our toys are out so that you can feel them, see how soft they are, get a sense of how powerful the vibration is if it vibrates and how it would, you know, how it feels in your hand. So we have all the toys out so you can feel them. And then, of course, if you want to purchase one, we have ones and packages that are somewhere else we can get for you. So I think that makes a big difference. and, And that's what's really hard about this pandemic is that it's hard to know that kind of thing when you're shopping online to be able to compare things. And the other thing that we try and do is we try and carry things that are body safe, that are natural, and that are going to feel as good as Mm. possible and uh, work with your own natural body when it comes to, say, for example, lubricants, right? That you're going to have it working with you rather than against you. So trying to have natural products as well is really important to us, as well as local. So of course, we've got these great bags that say things like definitely not bondage gear (laughs) made by a local a local craftsperson Luna Matatas Um, (laughs) so we we try and source locally when we can Um, we have leather products from Aslan Leather we're always looking to support small independent folks looking to support indigenous black and people of color trans folks people who do things in an eco-friendly manner. So we're trying to encourage other businesses and the community in general, right? And so that's also a part of how we want to do what we do. I love that. And I think it's so different when you're thinking about buying your sex toys from feminist sex positive shops versus you know a place like Amazon or Walmart or where you're not really connected to a business that has your body and your values at the the forefront of of how they're selling products or or what they're curating. Mm -hmm. And so I I imagine being in a shop where people are coming in and like you said, touching the stuff and asking about the stuff. What kinds of questions do you get about butt stuff? Like, do you get, (laughs) I feel like that's the thing people would kind of be like, Oh, what's, what's this? I don't, I don't know what this is for. Or does someone really take this up their ass? You know, I would love to hear what some of the, the inside questions are that you've gotten around butt stuff that good for her. Yeah. So one of the questions we get is am I gonna poop Uh, yeah so people are really afraid and the thing is about butt play is that you can't see what's going on so you don't know what your partner sees so it feels really intimidating and the idea that something's happening and you don't know what's happening is really frightening 
and you know embarrassing potentially right so so we get really anxious about that another huge question is what if i tear so people have this idea that butt play is going to tear their butt apart or tear the anus to the vagina one of the other questions another one is is it normal but we get this about everything is it normal if i orgasm this way if i don't orgasm this way if i like this kind of sex if i don't like this kind of sex but of course people think of butt sex as not quote natural so um is it normal am i normal is it natural and of course my my answer to that is that I'm not sure why we have all kinds of nerve endings there if they weren't meant to be used. So it is something that is definitely very natural and it's very normal. Lots of people enjoy anal kind of pleasure. Unfortunately, we get also the question, how do I get my girlfriend to try it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Less common is my boyfriend wants me to, to peg him or how do I do that? So we do get a little bit of that kind of question. I also get like, why do people like butt play? Like, what, what is, what's going on? What, what's the pleasure in this? Because people just think it's really painful. Another one that we get is, you know, what do gay men do if they don't do butt play? Uh, people don't really think that there's any other options. Um, uh, if I tell them that like not all gay men are into anal pleasure, they're like, well, what else can you do? Well, there's all kinds of other things. There's kink and there's oral and there's hands, and there's toys. Another question we get is, can you orgasm from butt play? And uh, what's the best toy for butt play? How do I start? And and one of the, the ones that we also get a lot is, will if I use a toy, is it going to get lost up there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are all really good questions. I think we've heard some of those also through the, the Seducing the Butt webinar series that I'm hosting with B-Vibe and people are really concerned about shitting on their partner. Right. They're, they're really concerned yeah. about, you know, is it is it going to be painful? Is that pain the part of it? And I love this question that you brought up around how do I get my partner to do the thing? Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people struggle with sexual communication, especially if there's something that feels taboo or there's shame or, you know, we just really our only exposure to it has been porn and so how do you answer that question for people if they're curious about getting into anal play with their partner yeah well often it's you know i want my partner to receive so of course given that the butt is the equal opportunity orifice i always start with well how about you try it <laughs> Yeah. on yourself and sometimes I get a little bit of pushback well no that's not for me or you know guys don't do that or or you know oh I'm not into that but I find that someone who's open to receiving themselves is a much more empathetic partner is a much more knowledgeable partner and I'm much more willing to risk going there with someone who is also open to at least trying it doesn't mean that you have to do it all the time but that you've tried it at least once and and sort of decided that it's something that you are open to as well rather than i should because of what my anatomy is or something else so i usually say to someone um, like try it on yourself get to know what it feels like and start on the outside Right? That's always my big thing. Everybody thinks that butt play is all about internal, but there's so much pleasure even just from external stimulation. So why don't you try um, a sex date where you just do external play and both of you get to give and both of you get to receive and then you can talk about it afterwards and see if maybe one of you wants more and maybe that's all you want to do. 
I love that tip. Yeah, a, a non-penetrative butt play sex date. Mm -hmm. I think that sounds so much more less intimidating for both the giver and the receiver. I think as as givers, this like poke, poke, put it in kind yeah. of you know yeah. mentality of, of anal penetration really doesn't appreciate what, what anal training and anal pleasure anatomy actually responds to. Yeah. And so there's this like disconnect, like you're saying around, you know, that, that feeling your own body and feeling what it, it might feel like to have a pinky finger inside of your ass in the shower. And what does that contraction feel like? And what mm -hmm. does, you know, it goes in a lot slower than you think maybe putting your, your penis or a dildo inside of your partner might feel like. And, mm -hmm. and that empathy, I think, is invaluable in helping create a more empathetic experience, even if you're never going to put anything in your butt again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, too, that knowing about yourself, you can communicate that to your partner. You can try similar things. And, and even if you just stay on the outside, I think that it takes a lot of the pressure off. So if you have kind of a, a date where you say, we're just going to do outside, you're not spending the whole time saying, okay, do I want my partner to go inside? What if he wants to do it now? What if she's saying she's going to do it? You know, what if the finger slips in, <laughs> you know, how do I say no, if I don't want to do it? Like I'm not enjoying the pleasure. I'm just thinking about what's going to happen in the future. So if you just take penetration off the table, it just allows you to sink into it a little bit more without worrying about what you're going to say or whether you're going to like it or not. That's so great. Like taking the expectation off the table or the obligation off of the table that, oh, I consented to anal. So now, you know, at some point, like they're going to try and push it in. And mm -hmm. I think that just makes it more comfortable and, and being able to go slow and sink into what does that feel like? Or do I like this? Or it takes me maybe 20 minutes to to actually get warmed up and into my body. And so mm -hmm. it's not as, as quick. I know whenever I teach at bachelorettes, I'll teach about, they'll invite me to talk about blowjobs. It always ends yeah. up in an anal sex conversation. <laughs> I'm sure this is the same for you. Yep. And, and I think it's just this opportunity to be like, why does this thing hurt? Why do I, you know, feel like it? Why do they like it? And yeah. and there's there's so many myths that we just don't have the the opportunity to to actually demystify and and to debunk and mm -hmm. and really like mm -hmm. anal pleasure isn't you know really structured in the way that most of us are, are going about it so when we talk about things like anal training are there are there toys or or tools that you usually recommend for people who are just getting started with with anal sex play you know it used to be that everybody asked me about anal beads as the first toy and i've Ooh. never been a huge fan of why them. do you think that that people were so into anal beads is this like a porn thing or it might be porn i think it's what most people knew of and or it sounds like butt jewelry or something <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> they're also they're not usually very thick i mean obviously there are bigger ones but i think it feels more accessible but what i don't like about it certainly it's the floppy ones that i don't like because i just find them really impractical because yes you put on lube and you insert them and then once you take them out then they're floppy and now what do you do are you going to put them back in and put your hands on them you know whereas if they're firm you can insert them and take them out easily by just holding the outside of it so you don't have to touch the part that was inside and then go wash your hands. I, I really like starting with a butt plug 
and I like something that vibrates because the vibration can feel really nice. And I like something small. So the size, the width of your finger is a good starting size. And just inserting it and leaving it in place can even feel really pleasurable just to kind of allow your anal sphincter to get used to that sensation of just being open with a little bit of vibration if you want. But, but are, there's so many nerve endings in the butt that if you have something in there and then you're receiving oral or you're having intercourse or you're even kissing, when you just move your body even subtly, you feel that in your sphincter and in your butt. And so you can just appreciate even small little sensations. And, and I think that's where the beauty of any kind of sex is, is sometimes just savoring the little small sensations rather than just like, oh, there's a hole, let's put the biggest thing in it, let's, you know, do something to it. And sometimes just holding something in one spot, feeling that sense of fullness, or the gentle movement can just bring a really lovely, sensual experience to the moment that that we can digest a little more easily, especially the first few times. Ooh, I love how you're bringing in this sensuality this like sensation and that it's not all about just like thrust 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 mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and that it doesn't have to feel like that and I totally agree with you on the vibration part I think one of the first plugs that that I bought at good for her was a B vibe plug and I loved it because it had this like rounded tip so things that yeah. I had looked at before were much more pointy mm -hmm. kind of looking and and just didn't really have that beginner kind of style that, mm -hmm. that were designed that I think would have suited my butt and I also really liked that that the neck of the plugs especially the snug plugs or the novice plugs like they are skinnier so I could put something in my butt and once I got through sort of the biggest part of the plug it wasn't irritating that that outside rim uh, that usually gets pretty sore for people mm -hmm. so I think there really is something about about design right mm -hmm. for, oh, for, for toys sure. and being able to, to kind of differentiate so if people have had bad experiences with toys like try something different you know try mm -hmm. something that that isn't maybe as hard i think glass and stainless steel toys can feel really great but they can be often a little not bit for a beginner for usually right? okay. yeah. and so if you're if you're someone who has done the beginner stuff and you're like okay cool like that was good and i want more and before you consider something like poppers or like mm -hmm. desensitizers you know how can you work yourself up to to something bigger so i always say to do a good 10 to 15 minutes on the outside and just really warm up that area and enjoy the pleasure relax the area and then i do a small butt plug or something that feels relatively easy leave it in place and and of course a good butt plug a little bit along the lines of what you mentioned you want one with it that has a good neck on it or a good valley on it because if it doesn't have much of a valley your body's just going to push it out <laughs> And then you're like, oh, now what do I do? So you want to leave it in and then you go play with the penis, the clitoris, the vulva, whatever you like to do. And so now the anal sphincter is relaxed and it's a little bit open. So you take the plug out and then you put a bigger one in and then you let the, the anal sphincter relax against that bigger one. And you might repeat this process a couple, three times. You don't want to move a lot because that sort of tires out those nerve endings 
because then they're all paying attention. They're like, oh, there's this movement and now it's in and now it's out. And should I constrict? No, I can relax. Right. If you just leave a plug in place, then the anal sphincter can just kind of relax, enjoy the other sensations. Then you pull it out. And then again, each time you put a bigger toy in, it's a little jump right? It's maybe a half inch bigger or three quarters of an inch bigger, but it's not two inches bigger or an inch bigger, right? You want just a little bit bigger so that if you want to build up then to intercourse with a dildo or a penis, you're not going from zero to 60. All of a sudden you've had those little increments along the way so that your, your anal sphincter is more relaxed and it's gotten used to the different sizes along the way. So it's just a little jump to then getting to your, uh, your last destination or who knows what your last destination. It might, it might be just the second plug. That's a really good tip about not going from tiny butt plug to fist, yeah, you know, exactly. and, <laughs> and just sort of like jumping straight to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think for, for lots of people, the, the buildup of, of pleasure because it's a new sensation might feel awkward or it might feel it might take time to to get used to it so for sure if people are playing with their their butts can they have orgasms from anal play only some people can i mean i always think that all orgasms are different and there are as many orgasms as there are people so some people can have an orgasm from just anal play whether that's the stimulating the prostate or whether that's from the in and out motion of intercourse Although I think a lot of people, something else has to go on. So maybe you also have vaginal stimulation or clitoral stimulation or penis stimulation or nipple stimulation, that sometimes there's something else going on at the same time, or it's more of the mental stimulation because you're in bondage and that really turns you on. So you definitely can, uh, not everybody does. And if your friend does or your partner does, but you don't, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It just means that you have different things that work for you and you can still feel lots of pleasure and just add whatever else you need to add if you want to have an orgasm or just enjoy the pleasure that your butt gives you and focus on orgasm with other kinds of pleasure. Ooh, I like that. I like the, this idea of bringing in kind of all the available receptors of pleasure. So if mm -hmm. your nipples are connected to your dick or your clit, great. Then you yeah. know, work those while something's in your butt. Are there... Are there positions that, that you find for people you know, who are using either butt plugs or penises or, or dildos or fingers in their, in their ass that are more optimal for, for pleasure? Like if you have fingers in your butt or a toy, does that stimulate other erogenous zones around that area? So can you reach like the G spot from there? Can you reach other spots? So some people find, um, I've heard lots of people say that they can stimulate their G spot through anal penetration and usually from some kind of in and out motion um, and that can be with fingers or with a dildo or a penis and that can be the case i'm not going to deny that that's the case but there's also a lesser known spot there called the perineal sponge that also feels pleasurable and some people don't know about it so it might be that that's the spot that people are feeling as well or instead of and it's about a thumb depth inside 
between the vagina and the butt. And so you can access it from the butt going towards the belly button. You can access it from the vagina going backwards towards the tailbone, or you can do one finger in each spot at the same time or a toy in each spot to stimulate it. So that's an area that some people like to target with fingers, toys, um, intercourse to feel pleasure. A little deeper than that would be the prostate. So for someone, um, who has a penis, then there would be a prostate generally a little bit deeper than that. And some people find that feels really great. And so depending on the kind of stimulation you're doing, if it's fingers, you know, you can be the the receiving partner can be on all fours. I really like it when I can see my partner's face. I like it when they're on their back. And when you pull your knees up to your chest, it straightens out your rectum. So lying on your back in kind of that turtle position, like a fetal position, means that I can read your face and I can pleasure you at the same time. Because part of the problem I find is that sex can be very performative. And it's like, I want to take this for you. I want to be a good partner. I want to enjoy this. And sometimes our desire to please or to do it right or, you know, to be a good sex person (laughs) means that we ignore what's working or not working for us. And so I like to read on my partner's face, whether it's actually working or not, rather than just relying on their words. I like to read their whole body language. So when they're on their back, I can really do that. I think that's great. I think that's a really empathetic way to to connect and to read those nonverbal cues. I, sure. I think I've always had someone scrunch up their face when I ask if they're okay, and they're like, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> Going. And I was yeah. like, are you sure? I wasn't really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of messed up, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, I mean, unfortunately, we feel so much pressure, right, to be a sexy lover. And so, and so sometimes it's nice to just be able to, to notice when our partners might be kind of stuck in that and just kind of pull back a little bit and say, hmm, is this better or do you prefer it the way it was? And they might be like, oh, yeah, this is actually better. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. And so for, for anal orgasms, I've, I've heard people confuse them and call them A-spot orgasms. So can you tell us hmm. the difference between analgasms and A-spot orgasms? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, there's so many spots and everybody calls them differently. So I, I guess I, I'm, I don't know exactly what the A-spot is. I mean, I know the A-spot as the anterior fornix, which is a little deeper than the G-spot along the front wall of the vagina. So that's what I call an A-spot orgasm. But, um, and certainly, you know, with deeper penetration angling towards the belly button when you're inside on someone who's got a vulva, they might feel that A-spot. You know, I think we get so hung up on what kind of orgasm are you happening mm-hmm. having? Like, you know, it feels good. I had an orgasm. Does it matter what spot I was stimulating? Yeah, or did you just really enjoy that? And, you know, we can try it differently next time and maybe we'll hit a different spot. But it's, it's almost this competition. Like, did you have an orgasm from your cervix? <laughs> did you have an orgasm from your A spot? And it's like, you know what? I had this butt play and we were doing the shallow penetration or, you know, this deep and it was wide or whatever. It felt really good. So 
so I mean, yes, analgasms happen, whether you call it an agasm or, or um, butt play or, you know, whatever spot you are hitting. I think the important thing is, is if it feels good, enjoy it. Try and remember what you were doing so or what your partner was doing so you can do it again and keep exploring because there's probably other spots that will feel good too. But, you know, certainly the, the ones that I'm most aware of and that are most common are the prostate for someone with a penis, the, the perineal sponge if you've got a vulva, and of course the anal sphincter itself, just the opening has so many nerve endings and feels so pleasurable that just that stimulation of, usually it's in and out, although I do really also like the rimming plugs for stimulating that area, also give lots of pleasure. If you're just getting started with booty play and you're really enticed by the idea of an analgasm and you want to really start to work up to that, it's great to start with smaller toys. And when you're looking for smaller toys, you want something that is a bit more rounded, has a flared base and a flexible neck. So definitely check out the Snug Plug One or any of the smaller Snug Plugs up on bvibe.com. Um, I would also recommend the Rimming Plug Petite which is basically going to eat your ass for you but not be super invasive and big um, and another favorite of mine uh, is the novice plug so the novice plug is also vibrating and remote controlled which makes it easy to play with on your own but also with a partner because you can kind of hand the control over to them and don't forget to use code LUNA to save 30% so that's L-U-N-A at bvibe.com and it applies to all bvibe branded products Oh yeah, love me a rim and plug. Yeah, like they oh my are gosh. just that is the, such a brilliant design. It really is. Way to go, B vibe. Because yeah, yep. you can get your ass eaten without anybody else around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really really fun. Yeah, and totally. I love what you say about you know this is not orgasm Olympics. Like you don't have to have a hierarchy of of the pleasure that you have and really just tuning into it. On our prostate play episode, we had talked about how some people with penises like don't have erections while they sure. are experiencing anal pleasure. Can mm -hmm. you talk to us a little bit about what that that kind of vibe is like like do people get shy about not having an erection while they're doing butt stuff or do some people find that it's overwhelming so my understanding as someone who doesn't have a penis is that some people like the focus in one spot and some people don't mm -hmm. so some people anal stimulation will, will stimulate or maintain an erection and for others it's like you know what i'm doing something here forget the other part, um, or the erection will go down, which doesn't mean that they're not feeling pleasure. We have this idea of erections as on off switches. And, and that if you don't have an erection, it must not feel good. No, you can be feel feeling really good. It's just in a different spot. And the erection doesn't respond. So I find that penises are just really different in how they respond to butt play and whether they like the two at the same time, or whether they prefer them done separately. And one's not better than the other. And I think in particular for the partner of to not get stressed out if a partner loses an erection doesn't mean that something bad's happening. And certainly if you lose an erection yourself, not to go down that path of, uh-oh, now what? Because then you're not gonna get your erection back probably. And you probably won't enjoy the other pleasure going on because you're stuck in your head trying to figure out how you're going to navigate explaining to your partner that you've lost your erection. 
right taking all that pressure off that it, the erection has to act a certain way just go with what what feels good and it might be that people don't want full penis stimulation or they just want the a cock ring at the base or they want a vibrator at the base on the perineum you know there's lots of different options and everyone's going to be different yeah and and i i love talking about this for for penis owners because i i think there's so much pressure that all of the sexuality, all of the erogenousness or zone or all of the arousal is purely in the erection. Mm-hmm. And like, what a miss on yeah. all of the underserviced erogenous zones of all yeah. the blended pleasure of all the, you know, pop up butt plug in while you're penetrating someone for sure and and see what that feels like is there a sense of fullness is there some indirect stimulation to the prostate i mean using these spots because we have them you know why not yeah (laughs) why not play with them yeah yeah Um, yeah. i find for me and i'd love your your thoughts on this i find it's easier to sink into anal pleasure after i've had other orgasms and so the times that i've come from you know, having my ass eaten or having anal penetration with no stimulation to, to other parts of, of my vulva, it's been after I've been at a level of high arousal. So mm-hmm. do, you, do you recommend that people kind of sink into stuff by doing other things first? Or is it better to focus on like warming up the butt? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, I certainly think that especially for beginners, that sense of relaxation, having an orgasm first is really critical for us to feel the most amount of pleasure from butt play, whether it, that's an orgasm or not. And I find that when we feel rushed, it's hard for us to relax. And when we feel like things are going quickly and oh, I have to respond quickly, I have to have an orgasm quickly, or this is going to stop soon, so I have to get the most out of it, is not conducive for having an orgasm. So taking that time, whether it's lots of vulva play, lots of penis play, lots of kissing, for heaven's sakes, like anything can help us to really sink in and relax. And there are some people who believe that it takes us up to 45 minutes to get fully aroused. So all of that other play going on before we get to the butt play, generally, unless somebody gets overstimulated, can only enhance the experience. Now, some people love a quickie, especially if you have always have long drawn out hour long sex sessions or three hour sex sessions, sometimes a quickie, that intensity and the moment and um, the pressure can be exciting and bring about an orgasm because of the emotional intensity as well. So try spending a lot of time on the outside and on the butt and building up and see what happens. Spend lots of time on other erogenous zones and then see how that compares when you go towards the butt. But I do feel like when we feel accepted, when we feel not rushed, when we feel like our whole body is desired and appreciated and stimulated, I find, especially for those of us who are vulva owners who need a little bit more time sometimes to build up, that that's conducive to to any kind of orgasm. Right, right. And I I think you make such a great point about, you know, kind of moving past this this performance that you've mentioned a few times and, and really just sinking into being in the moment. And for lots of people, that's so tough. It's that's so, so tough, tough to 
get out of their heads and they've hung their whole sexual confidence on on performance. Yeah. Do you have any tips for people to to kind of get out of their head and into their butt? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this applies no matter what's going on. And um, there's a great book on I think it's uh, Better Sex Through Mindfulness by Lori Brato. And mindfulness has been shown to be really, really helpful. So just focusing on how much can I feel? What do I notice? And if you have a thought or an emotion that you feel like, oh my God, what if I poop? That to ask your partner, like, I'm afraid that I'm pooping and your partner can say, no, you're not pooping. Okay, go back to what do I feel? And so, uh, but if you just have a thought like, what if I'm doing it wrong? Or what if my partner's not turned on? Or make sure to take the laundry out later that you notice those things as clouds passing in the sky. So you don't focus on them, but you don't grab onto them. And you're just like, oh yeah, there's a thought about that other thing. What's going on in my butt? Ooh, that feels really yummy. That feels really great. And then if your mind wanders, just come back to savoring the moment like you would if you were eating a chocolate truffle or something else that you like, and you just like, mmm, as though it's the last truffle in the world. Like, how much can I taste? And what is it like on the top and the sides? Same thing, like, what do I notice on the outside of my butt? What do I notice on the inside? Kind of trying to feel as much as you can. And 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 the, the challenge, though, with like that is no matter what kind of sex you're having, the challenge with butt play is that we get worried about what if there's poop on the toy, the penis mm. on my partner's fingers? Am you know, am I having a poop? Will I, will I have a poop with this? Because, you know, the the motion. If you if you haven't had butt play before, the only other time you felt something, unless you've had a rectal exam, is when you've had a poop. So of course you associate sensations in that area with pooping. So you think like, oh my god, I'm having one. And so just getting reassurance from your partner, you know, being worried about getting the shirts dirty or what do I look like or what if I don't orgasm, all of those things. Just focus on like, oh, what do I feel? What do I notice? What feels what feels good to me in the moment? And that will hopefully just keep you in the pleasure. And I find then orgasms or whatever other experience you have just kind of come out of nowhere. They're just like, ooh, that was so delicious because you weren't trying hard to have it. Hmm. Yeah, you're like giving it space and giving Mm -hmm. it permission to go at its own pace. Yeah. And I think it's so important what you mentioned about our our only connection really to that motion or that sensation in our butt is usually through pooping. Yeah. Um, But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have an orgasm while you poop. I mean, right. good for you if you do, great. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> uh, what kind of other assum- assumptions or, or butt myths do you think are are out there that you like to bust for people? Because I've seen you speak on stage to, you know, mm-hmm. hundreds of people and butt stuff is such an allure and, and it feels so, I think, exciting or maybe even a little taboo for people. And we walk in with all of these assumptions already about it. And so what do you think is a common one or one that that you would like to bust for our listeners? Mm. Well, certainly that folks who have penises and enjoy butt play doesn't make them gay. And I mentioned earlier that you're not going to tear necessarily unless you go too fast. So a lot of people assume that they're going to have hemorrhoids as a result, that they're going to tear the area and end up having to wear diapers. What happens is that we, we feel something different 
right? So it's kind of the same as when I pooped, but it's a little bit different. But we equate different with bad. <laughs> we equate different with wrong. And so we start to think, is this bad or wrong as opposed to, oh, it's just different. Wow, that feels really good. The biggest thing that I, I like to combat is that anal sex does not have to hurt. So, so many people say to me that it will hurt or they have the expectation that it necessarily does. And yes, if you just try and put a penis or a big dildo up there without much warm up and without much lube, of course it's going to hurt. And if it hurts or you're afraid of it hurting, you actually have to kind of seduce the butt a little bit more because the anal sphincter will naturally tighten up in anticipation of the pain, which makes that if you force it in there, it will feel painful. So the key, like any other kinds of sex is you want to go slow. You want to take it um, at the pace that works for you, not make getting something in there your goal, but pleasure your goal. And then you don't need that numbing lube. You don't need poppers. You just will enjoy all of the sensation as you go along. Mm. I, I'm so grateful that you, you mentioned the numbing lubes and the desensitizing lubes. Um, because I, I don't recommend them at all. I think I think mm -hmm. I need communication with my body and, and that yeah, pain, for sure. that discomfort is communication. Yeah. Yeah. Anything, you know, that feels painful. I mean, that's your body telling you you're doing something wrong. So it means you need more lube. It means you need to change the angle because that the the rectum has kind of twists and turns to it. So especially if you have a firm toy, maybe you're hitting the side of the rectum course that's going to feel painful. Maybe your anal sphincter isn't relaxed enough and you need to take a little bit more time to get it to relax. So yeah, listen to your body and don't see this as I need to take this <laughs> to yeah. prove something. See this as how much pleasure can we both get from this? And when it's not pleasurable, okay, what do I need to do to do differently? And listen to listen to those kinds of messages. Right. Yeah, we had um we had a, a discussion on one of our other episodes around how sometimes anal sex is like a gift, you know, for your partner's birthday or Valentine's right, or whatever. Right, 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 right. And what do you think about that? Well, um certainly I think that there are some things that we can do that bring our partner pleasure that aren't the most arousing for us, but that we're prepared to do because it makes our partner happy. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit different than saying I'm going to do the dishes, even though it's your turn, but certainly sometimes there are things like it doesn't turn me on, but I'm okay to do it for you. You know, if it's, it actually causes me pain <laughs> or I feel, uh, I don't feel good when I do it emotionally, then that I think is a little bit more of a stretch. And unless you're into that kind of kink and humiliation, I, you know, I'm not going to tell you you shouldn't do it, but I, I, I think that there are certain things that we can do for our partners, but I think there are some things that we, we don't necessarily need to compromise. And there are ways that we can use fantasy or other ways like toys to help our partner get the kinds of things that they want. That would be where I would kind of draw the line. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the best anal sex I've had either giving or receiving, you know, has really been when I've been super comfortable and, mm -hmm. and it's been more about 
feeling the discomfort of the muscles opening up to penetration and less about like, oh, that's painful or it feels like it's forcing. Like I almost have the opportunity to to control the depth of, of penetration through that desire, through that relaxation, through that that feeling of, of the, the sensations versus like someone trying to get it in. Mm-hmm. And and I I have um I have a <laughs> I have a story. I'm going to ask you about your your booty blooper story too, but yeah. I had a partner where um we were we just had really good connection, really good sex and we had anal sex where I was receiving and I really like the position where I'm lying on my stomach because I find that my my mound or my mons pubis gets an opportunity to uh, receive some of the the vibration from thrusting or gets to kind of grind or you know rub against the bed or the pillow mm-hmm. and so I get a lot of clitoral stimulation indirectly that way and so we I had an orgasm he had an orgasm and then we were kind of just like enjoying the moment of still him still being inside of me and then I fell asleep and then he fell asleep in my butt wow and then <laughs> And I woke up in the middle of it and I was like, oh, and I wow. felt I felt the condom. And so I was like, oh, my God, I shat the bed. And and it wasn't. It was just like the, the condom kind of coming out. But it was one of those experiences where, you know, we I wasn't drinking. I wasn't using poppers. It wasn't any other. It was just really the euphoria of feeling so comfortable and mm. so safe and so trusting that this person was going to take it at the pace of my butt. So my butt was right. leading the whole thing. It wasn't For the sure. penis leading it. It wasn't me forcing it. And it was really an experience where it it was um, this overall arousal and this overall sensation uh, versus like me kind of just like taking one for the team. Right. Yes. And I think that there's nothing that makes a butt relax more than feeling heard <laughs> and respected. Right. Yes. Both by the, the, the butt owner as well as the partner, for sure. And that's going to, you know, that's going to help it to relax and enjoy the pleasure way more than than anything. Yes, yes, absolutely. And all that that you mentioned, it sounds like great advice for creating those conditions. And I have to tell you, I think I've told you before, because I've gotten you to to sign copies of your book for me. But the the anal sex basics book changed my butt's life. And, and I think it changed the life of probably everybody's butt that I've ever been in. And <laughs> so so I, how, did, how did you become the anal sex basics person? You know, how did you, like, what is life like as I wrote a book about anal sex? You know, how does this, oh. how do you get perceived? You know, what do people think about what you do in your own butt life? Yeah. So, you know, um, way back when on my journey, when I realized that I needed to learn about sex in my late 20s, I happened upon the school called the Body Electric School, which is out of California and was started by Joseph Kramer. And he started this school as a way for for men in particular, men who had sex with men, to find lots more pleasure and intimacy and connectedness from sex because this was in the 80s when the advent of the HIV and AIDS and so he actually had been a a Catholic priest and left the priesthood because he realized he was gay and saw a lot of sex not a lot of intimacy and people getting sick so he created the school as a way for men to connect and have really hot great connected satisfying sex that was safe 
And fortunately, a few years later, he, he sold the school and, a, and a, a bisexual man bought it from him. So he said like, hey, women want to learn about this too. So, so I started taking workshops with them and they had um, a facilitator at the time who's since deceased, which is very sad, but his name was Chester Maynard. And he used to do butt play workshops with cisgendered men that would be like a week long. And my understanding was they would spend two or three days just external butt play. And so I did a couple courses with him and really learned amazing things about techniques and pleasure and how to stimulate and ways to use fingers, ways to use toys. And so my pleasure of and intrigue by an education of, of anal pleasure just kind of grew from that. So when I was writing my first book on sex yourself about uh, masturbation for cisgendered women, the publisher said like, hey, I noticed that you do some workshops on butt play. Would you like to write a book on that? And I said, for sure. <laughs> I'd love to do that. So that's how I came to, to write the book. And I don't really like that it's called Anal Sex Basics because I really wanted, that was their title. Because to me, it's not only the basics. I mean, I try to start at ground zero with it, but there's some you know, we talk a little bit about fisting and we talk a little bit about blending kink with it. So, you know, it, it's not the most advanced anal sex book, but it certainly is not just the basics. But that's that's how I got into writing that book. And some of the research that I did for the book really expanded my own options. And I also what I love about the book is I, I put out a call on Facebook and I just said like, hey, who wants to write out their personal experiences about butt play and try some toys? And so I got a whole bunch of local people who volunteered and I got some some toys for them to try and to give feedback. So what I love also, and of course, I know who all the different quotes are from. Um, uh, I don't have the names in the book, but whenever I read their quotes, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was so and so. So it's such a great quote. But so there's lots of diverse experiences in the book from different people that I think really bring it alive also, because I just, you know, I have my own experience and I just loved the way that so many other people framed their pleasure and their experiences that's also encapsulated in there from beginners to advanced players. Yeah. And, and I know I definitely thought as soon as I, I realized you were teaching, you were someone who taught butt stuff, I immediately went to the assumption that you are a butt stuff receiver. And so I'm like, oh, she likes to like take it up the ass all the time. And I, I think I get that kind of assumption mm -hmm. around me. And I think um, particularly, you know, women and femme people right. definitely get that that assumption. Is that something that, that you've come across too? Or am I the only one that was judging you that way? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, nobody said it to me. So <laughs> They're it, thinking it. <laughs> it's entirely possible. And certainly the truth of the matter is that I, I like it on both sides, but probably Probably. And certainly, I, I'm not sure it would be really very good to write a book about butt play if you haven't experienced it yourself, because um, I'm not sure you're going to really understand it that well. But I'm sure that pe I mean, people make lots of assumptions about me, um, which is partly why at the beginning of today, I wanted to sort of say, like, look, like I wasn't always comfortable around sex because people assume that I was born, born this way, but definitely not. And so uh, you know, and butt play was not something I was initially very interested in either, and certainly was not one of my first few sexual experiences and was unfortunately kind of by accident. I was having sex with someone and I was very relaxed 
and all of a sudden something felt different and I was like what uh wait a second <laughs> that's the way it normally feels um so you know fortunately it wasn't painful but at the same time I wish we'd had a conversation about it ahead of time yeah but there's then, no such thing as surprise anal people stop yeah, it yeah 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 don't it's not it's not it's not a thing <laughs> Not cute. <laughs> you know, so I was fortunate that I didn't have a negative first experience, but for many people, it's a negative first experience. And then it's really hard to seduce the butt and convince it that it's safe to open up. And so it just, it, it just, you know, is tight and it takes a long time to get it to decide that it's okay for something to to even touch on the outside, but also for to go inside. And so I always say like the slower you go, the faster it's going to be because you're not going to set up a, a, a quasi trauma response for your butt saying like, no way, the slower you go, the faster you're going to be able to get to all different kinds of experiences if that's where you want to get to. Ooh, the slower you go, the faster you can get there. I love that. Yeah. I think that's so important. And I think that's been absolutely true in, in my personal experiences as well. Mm -hmm. um, Carlisle, would you like to share a booty blooper story <laughs> with us? Something funny <laughs> or an embarrassing sure. anal moment? For sure, for sure, for sure. Well, so I'll, I'll give you two that I that I that I experienced so one was I, I actually did a workshop with Chester and there were a few of us who'd gotten him to do a workshop he didn't normally do workshops with cis women so there were a few of us who got together and a friend of mine went to a party afterwards and we both had very different responses so I ended up having a bowel movement every like half hour right and she was completely constipated for the whole night and so I kept teasing her you know like oh I just had another BM and she's like be <laughs> quiet so it's not really a blooper but it was just i found it was a funny moment that we both our bodies had very different reactions to butt play but the other one was when um, i had a butt plug in my butt and my partner was going down on me and we were kind of in that 69 position and of course i farted and the <laughs> butt plug hit my partner in the forehead <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> so that was, that was an interesting moment. Wait, how did you recover from that? <laughs> did you laugh? Were you mortified? Like, did yeah. she like throw it there across the room? <laughs> a moment, there's always, you know, in these kinds of moments, there's a, there's a moment of shock of like, oh no, what just happened? <laughs> what was that? And then, and then when you know that your partner is not mortified or doesn't need to go to the hospital, all you can do is laugh. <laughs> yes yes right yes. you have to laugh you have to laugh yes and it didn't did your relationship end because of it did you become it unlovable of it. it's not the last time we did butt play it was not you know it was the butt of the joke for a couple of times but um <laughs> but you know it it like in some ways i think those are the moments that bring us closer actually mm -hmm. rather than pull us apart because we have to have a sense of humor and you know bloopers happen with sex all the time and unless we can laugh at ourselves and we can enjoy those moments as shared quirky uh connection times then you know we're we're missing out on all the variety of ways that sex brings us together it's not just about those like deep moments where I felt you connected to me and we like the earth shattered beneath us you know that there's funny moments and there's 
uh, moments that didn't work. And there's moments where, you know, one partner got pleasure and the other one, it was so, so like the, they're all part of what brings us close together to each other. Oh, that is so, that speaks to me, that tenderness, but the playfulness and mm -hmm. I think silly is sexy. And I think for sure, right. Like playfulness yeah. and not having to be focused on, uh, this idea of like a performance perfectionism and really just like embracing, what comes along can soothe that that part of our nervous system that is worried about, well, if I fart a butt plug onto my partner's forehead, are they going to dump me? Yeah. And, <laughs> and it happened and you were still in love and it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. We can recover from these moments, you know? Oh my gosh. Carlisle, you've given us so much today and, and really your, your ass knowledge is, and <laughs> your anal wisdom <laughs> is, is so rich. And, and I love also the, the empathy that you bring to your, your education. So is there anything that's coming up for you and, or where we can find more stuff um, and learn about you or learn about from your ass wisdom? Well, there's my book. So you can get my book, Anal Sex Basics, and I'm doing a workshop online so anyone can attend. And it's in February and you can sign up for it on my website, goodforher.com. So I'm doing one on butt play on February 23rd, I think. And then we also have our own toy that we came up with called The Steady. And I think you've tried it, no? Oh my God. I like the study a lot. Yeah. It's um, so it's a, it's a steel barbell. It's also good for Kegel exercises. And I wanted something kind of like anal beads that had lots of ripple to it. And the thing is, is I'm, I'm lazy when it comes to self-pleasure. And so I find that in and out fast thrusting really tiring. Um, and I'd much rather somebody else do that. So if I'm feeling lazy on myself or with a partner, what I like about the steady is that you can get a lot of intensity from very slow in and out because of the bumps and ridges. And you can feel that intense pleasure. Plus the weight feels really nice. And I don't recommend that you use it as a fast in and out toy because you might just might not be so comfortable for the sphincters. They can't open and close that, that, quickly and and sometimes that slowness of the sphincter open and close and open and close it's just a really nice rhythm and it's like getting a nice slow massage rather than a fast massage you can't really sink into it so the steady is our steel product that is uh, something kind of fun to try have you thought about recording ass erotica? Cause that was, that was pretty good. That was awesome. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> when I do, up. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, please do. And we'll let everyone know, but we'll pop all the links uh, that uh, to all the things that you mentioned in the show notes so that everyone can find you and, and keep learning from you. Thank you so much for being on the plug. I've, I've had my fangirl moment and I'm sure I'll continue oh. to have more with you. And I, I really am just happy for the work that you're doing and creating these amazing sex positive and inclusive spaces. Thank you, Carlisle. 
thanks luna and i'm a fangirl of yours too you know so <laughs> i get to feel the same way and um i love all the workshops that you do and it's been so amazing to watch you grow as a sex educator and just become the amazing fabulous funny and entertaining and pleasure focused goddess that you are so Aww, thank you thank you well, on that mutual adoration note uh, <laughs> I, I just want to say a big thanks and we hope to have you back on the plug sometime soon we'll talk about some more advanced techniques as well and for intermediate players so um, stay tuned okay see you then thank you i'm feeling all floaty from our guest and all of this wisdom around letting go of expectations really being mindful about sensations focusing on pleasure blending stimulation into all of our erogenous zones I may need a solo butt date to get practicing because <laughs> these new tips that Carlisle shared with us are are really lovely that uh, can be with a partner or with yourself, right? You can, you can explore all of these kinds of blended pleasure all on your own. So you will find Carlisle and any of the notes that we promised in the show notes. And if you are eager for more anal pleasure learning, head over to bvibe.com and you'll find Seducing the Butt. And there are tons of videos and articles and blog posts to keep you learning about butt stuff so that you can have safer, better, and more pleasurable anal sex. So until next time, stay bootyful. <laughs>